Good morning, and peace be with you. That was just beautiful. Thank you, Diane, and welcome back. Thank you for leading worship today. Thank you very much. We have some announcements to make. Uh, I will invite you to look in your bulletin at the uh, uh, insert here for all things that are interesting to you. Uh, I would uh, point out that uh, during the week we do have Bible studies. Uh, on Saturday, of course, is the men's Bible study uh, in my office at 8 o'clock. And on Tuesdays we have our in the Book of Romans, Paul's letter to the church in Rome. And we just started chapter 6. And I'd invite uh, all uh, who are available to come. We actually had... Uh, Henry come and help me out and so there were two men in the Bible study and so it was a it was a nice and it was a good turnout and then of course on Tuesday evenings if you're available and would like to and have the ability to um, hook up to uh, zoom uh, we do a meeting and oftentimes uh, it's uh, 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 Jan and um, oh my gosh <laughs> Sean uh, Christensen. So uh, it's been a while since we all three got together, but it's at least one or, or two of us there, and uh, you're welcome to join that as well. That is Tuesday nights uh, at 7 o'clock. If you're interested, let me know and give me your email address, and I'll send you an invite. I think that um, takes care of everything. We are always looking for help, uh, worship assistance. We're always looking for help in um, maybe even in counting, if you have a, a counting background and you could commit some time to counting our offerings and plate offerings, would you let Susan know? Because we can always use help uh, with that. Uh, and then also with uh, our fellowship, the uh, facilitating of the wonderful meals and time that we have after each uh, service uh, out on the patio. We can always use help with that. And then I also want to just acknowledge those that do so much for uh, the church uh, on a, as, a, as volunteers. And uh, we're grateful. I'm grateful. We wouldn't be able to pull this off if it weren't for you. Every Sunday, uh, it takes a lot of work to uh, put the altar together with the elements and the flowers that you see and so forth. So I'm grateful for that. And then, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but there's a, a group of guys that are out there with their tools and uh, they take care of this place, keep it running, keep it watered, keep the doors shutting and all that. So I'm grateful to you all. Um, even if I don't acknowledge it publicly like I am right now, uh, I do notice and certainly God does too. So thank you guys very, very much. And I think that's about it. So uh, without further ado, let us start. Our first uh, uh, song is from uh, page 557, Let All Things Now Living.
Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, our refuge and strength, the author of all goodness, hear the devout prayers of your church, especially in times of persecution, and grant that what we ask in faith we may obtain through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Uh, one moment of good news is Avery Taylor went home with her parents last night. So... Okay, the first reading is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 50, verses 15 through 21, and can be found on page 85 in the Pew Bible. Now, if you remember, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. So his father just died, Jacob, at 147, and the brothers feared revenge from Joseph. Genesis 50, 15 through 21. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the, sin and the sins and wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. We will read Psalm 103, verses 1 through 12, responsibly. It's printed on your bulletin. Here David speaks of God's great love for us. Psalm 103, 1 through 12. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. The next reading is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 14, verses 1 through 12, and can be found on page 1765 in the Pew Bible. This chapter is titled, The Weak and the Strong, and Paul reminds us that we may all have differences in opinion, but it's important that we all have a love for God. Romans 14, 1 through 12. Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputed matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. 
And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand for the Lord, stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning comes from St. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35, and can be found on page 1527 in your pew Bible. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy times seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. As the servant fell on his knees before him, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master, he took pity on him, and he canceled the debt, and he let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. And he grabbed him, and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And his fellow servant fell to his knees and he begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off, and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. And they went and told their master everything that had happened. And then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. 
And this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. This is the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. And we pray this often. We pray this at the end of our meetings. We pray this at the end of our Bible classes. And of course, we pray this during our service on Sunday. We actually have two readings today that demonstrate the meaning of the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. The Old Testament reading from Genesis is this morning in a, it, it, it represents it in a very positive way. The gospel lesson demonstrates this meaning in a negative way. As our gospel begins today, Jesus has been teaching about forgiveness. Peter wanted to know if there was some sort of upper limit to forgiveness. So he asked the question, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And it is very likely that Peter thought that he was being quite generous with his seven times. And after all, don't we say three strikes and you're out, right? Surely seven ought to be plenty. And nevertheless, Jesus taught that it was not enough. He actually raised Peter's estimate by an order of magnitude. Jesus said to Peter, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Okay, so before anyone breaks out a spreadsheet or a database on your computer so that you will know when someone sins against you for the 490th time, consider this. In the Old Testament, God was patient with his people, wasn't he? Let me show you. He was so patient with his people that for 70 Sabbath years, that is 70 times 7 years, that's the amount of time that God worked with his people, Israel, before he allowed Babylon to conquer them. And even then, even then he preserved his people during the Babylonian exile instead of destroying them, and that's what they deserved. They deserved destruction. And he even returned those people to the promised land after how many years, do you think? Seventy. After 70 years. This is the forgiveness that God gives to us and through us. I wonder if Jesus wanted to remind Peter that God's forgiveness to the nation Israel extended to 70 times seven years of patience and beyond. In reality, Jesus is not telling us to forgive 490 times. And he's not even telling us to forgive 490 years worth of sins. He is simply telling us to forgive and to never, ever stop 
Jesus further illustrates this idea with a parable. And in this story, there's a king, and this king is auditing his books, and he discovers that one of his servants owes him 10,000 talents. And that is a lot of money for a king. And when I first preached this parable many years ago, in silver, this was about $120 million, give or take 10 or $20 million. And the price of silver has gone up since then. And, and now, just from my calculations, I should have had Tracy and David help me, but it comes out to about $280 million in today's silver price. It was $23 uh, and some odd cents uh, on Friday per ounce. This is an outrageous sum of money. It's a sum that could never be repaid in several lifetimes, $280 million. And the king decided to sell the servant and his family into slavery and to confiscate their belongings. He had the right to do that. But this would not make up the tremendous debt. But it sure would send a message. It would set an example and in an act of desperation, we read that the servant threw himself at the king's feet and he made this totally outrageous promise. Did you hear it? He said, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Now the king knew that this was an impossible promise. The servant clearly, he was insane with grief over the situation that he found himself in, and he's not thinking or speaking rationally. So the king responded by doing something that no earthly king would ever do. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. The king simply forgave a debt of what it would equate to today as millions hundreds of millions of dollars. So, how did the servant respond? Jesus continued the story, but when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him, he began to choke him out, saying, pay, pay, what you owe me. In modern day terms, a hundred denarii would be about a hundred days' pay. For a person making about $55,000 a year, that would be $21,000. And this is not a lot of money, not an outrageous amount when you consider. Uh, a home loan or a car loan. There's lots that are bigger than that. Some people owe more than that on their credit cards. But even so, our foreign servant grabbed this other servant by the throat. He threatened him with physical violence. And in addition, when his fellow servant begged for patience, he had him arrested and thrown in prison. Now, the grapevine worked back then just as well as it works today. And the news of the servant's action quickly made it back to the king. We read that then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all of his debt. $280 million equivalent today. Several lifetimes to pay that debt. And then Jesus went to close the story with the following warning. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you 
if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So the meaning of this story is fairly clear. First of all, the huge debt that the king forgave reminds us of the debt that we owe to God for our sins. And just as the servant owed a debt he could never repay, so also we do owe God a sin debt that we cannot ever pay. And the fact is, even though we try our best, our sin debt only increases. Martin Luther said this, we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. But God does not punish us. The king in our story absorbed the servant's debt into his finances. In a similar way, God absorbed the debt of our sin into himself. That is, he sent his own son, Jesus, to pay the debt that we owed. And we know that Jesus paid the cruel debt on a cross. Jesus Christ, the King, he endured the death of a criminal in order to pay the debt that we owed him. And as lavish and as generous as the King in today's gospel, Jesus' sacrifice for our sin is truly infinitely greater. And we know that the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross actually did pay for our sin because the grave was unable to hold him. Because he had satisfied our sin death, that is that death no longer had power over him. And he rose from the dead and proclaimed his victory to his disciples. That means our sin debt is truly gone. Now, if Jesus had stopped the parable right there, the story would be wonderful. It'd be great. We could confess our great sin debt to him and know that for the sake of his suffering and his death and his resurrection, our sins are forgiven and we owe God nothing. That's really good news. But the story doesn't end there. Jesus went on to describe how the servant responded to this great and generous act of grace and of mercy. Did the incredible mercy and grace of his generous master flow through him to his fellow servant? No, it did not. The forgiven servant was the exact opposite of his Lord. He began to choke the man out, and he eventually had the man arrested. And with this action, he rejected everything that his gracious and merciful king had done for him. He rejected the billions, if it was gold, the $280 million of forgiveness that his king in favor of a debt of less than $10,000. Think about the disparity. $21,000. $21,000 was what the servant owed the servant. $280 million is what the servant owed the king. By rejecting the plea of mercy from his fellow servant, he rejected the forgiveness he once had from his king. He found that out the hard way. Now in the Sermon of the Mount... Jesus said in Matthew 5, 44, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You know, this is impossible for the natural man. Because we enjoy grudges a little too much. And even though anger and malice and spite and revenge and all the other aspects of an unforgiving heart will eat us alive from the inside out, we still enjoy nursing a grudge. 
And that is the reason the cross is so important. For it is only at the cross that we receive the lavish, the generous, outrageous forgiveness of Jesus Christ. It is that forgiveness that frees us from our destructive desire to nurse that grudge. Today's Old Testament reading gives us a wonderful example of the Holy Spirit at work in the life of Joseph. Joseph looked forward to salvation that God promised to Adam and Eve and to his great-grandfather Abraham. And he looked forward to the seed that would crush the serpent's head. And by that faith, Joseph saw God's hand at work, even when his brothers sold him into slavery. His brothers had hoped that a life of slavery would kill Joseph. But Joseph loved and forgave them. And by his faith in coming, in the coming Messiah, Joseph freely and lovingly forgave his brothers. And today, in the sacrament of the altar, Jesus Christ himself gives us his true body and his blood in order to strengthen our faith. And it is through his pre- this precious sacrament that he gives us a foretaste of the true and perfect reconciliation that we will enjoy around his throne in heaven. It is here that we join together with all the hosts in heaven, including our loved ones who have gone before us and received these precious gifts in, with, and under the bread and the wine of this sacrament. And while we live in this world, we live in in a war zone. We are at the same time, both saints and sinners. And one of the battles in that war pits our natural desire to nurture and a grudge against our holy desire to forgive. And only the reconciliation with God that Jesus provided through his death on the cross, only through that perfect death on the cross, that we will receive victory. And once again, we see that God does all of the work. It is his forgiveness working through us in word and sacrament that forgives our brother. It is his forgiveness that gives us victory. It is his forgiveness that reconciles us with God and with our brother forever. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Will you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus for all people according to their needs. Blessed Lord, you have promised that where two or three are gathered in your name, you are in the midst of them. Hear the prayers of your people and grant our supplications. Lord, in your mercy... Lord God, Heavenly Father, you have sent us pastors as watchmen. Let them be ever faithful in calling sinners to repentance and joyfully announcing your forgiveness to those who heed their warning. Lord, in your mercy, gracious Father, because you have made us, made us our brother's keeper, fill us with care for members of our earthly families and for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Forgive our sins and strengthen us to live so that we owe no one anything except to love each other. Lord, in your mercy, and righteous God, you give leaders to every nation and people. Grant us good and wise public servants to bear the sword righteously, defending the innocent and punishing wrongdoers. Guard those who protect us, especially our armed forces, police and firefighters. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, merciful Lord, Look with compassion upon those who are struggling with illness, grief, loneliness, or any, any malady. We especially lift up Avery Taylor Yabuki, brought home last night. We lift up Linda and Matt. We lift up Gail for healing. We pray, Father, that you would reassure them of your love, which is like that of the shepherd who seeks and saves the lost sheep. Lord, in your mercy, O oh Lord, grant that we would receive Christ's body and blood with childlike faith. Let us humbly trust that your forgiveness is poured out for us in this sacrament. May it strengthen us in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, because you desire that none of your little ones should perish, and because sin is constantly crouching at our door, we beg you to call us back to yourself when we are tempted to stray. Deliver us from temptation and keep us in the faith. Make us humble like little children, seeing how your Son humbled himself for us, 
and for our salvation. Lord, in your mercy, it is into your hands, O Lord, that we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name, and we join their unending hymn. in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. A foretaste of the feast to come, the wedding feast of the Lamb. Uh, there's an awful lot in, on, above, and below, and side by side of these elements. It does it does impart grace upon you. It does 
rescue you from sin, death, and the devil. And it does allow you to forgive your brother. It allows you to forgive the trespasses against those who trespassed against you. Not on your own, but by what Jesus did on that cross and what he freely gives you through this sacrament. Grasp onto that. He's done it for you. If that is your confession, then come. The table is prepared and the ushers will bring you forward. And ladies, come on up now.
and now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is Blessed Assurance, and it's found the words on page 7 of your bulletin. Oh.